What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Multifamily Wealth Podcast. In this episode, I'm going to talk about how you can nail your refinance, specifically a cash out refinance, and uh, what goes into doing that, such as picking the right lender, achieving the highest appraised value, and some of the ways that you can navigate that process like a true pro. So we're just going to jump right into this, and I'm just going to start with uh, number one. I'm going to share three tips here. And the first tip is making sure that you select the right lender to even handle the loan. Um, and this is applicable whether you're using a mortgage broker or whether you are personally going out there to find banks or lenders of some kind to actually execute this cash out refinance or just your rate and term refinance. Um, so what you want to look for here is if you're working with a mortgage broker, you want to work with a mortgage broker that has worked with a lot of clients that do similar deals as you do. You want to work with a mortgage broker that is familiar with the types of deals that you do and that you're in the type of deal specifically that you're looking to refinance and somebody who has a, an extensive lender network uh, that lends on the types of deals that you do and the type of deal that you're looking to refinance. So for example, you don't want to go work with a mortgage broker that primarily handles agency refinances for large hundred plus unit assets. If you have a 10 unit deal that is probably best capitalized by a local bank, um, or the right lender is likely a local bank, local credit union. Like that's someone that's probably not going to help you navigate that process in the most efficient way because they're focused on a different subset of the industry. Um, obviously, a more extreme version of this example is a lender that typically works with industrial or office investors or retail investors. Like, and if you're a multifamily investor, you don't want to bring them a deal. Granted, a lot of the lenders would would lend across different asset classes that that are in their network, but they're probably not going to be as aggressive in the terms that they would offer you because it's not their core competency. So what you want to do is find a mortgage broker who handles loans for investors that buy the same stuff as you do and who has an extensive lender network of who is going to be most likely the best lender for the deal that you have. So you know, if you've got a smaller deal that's three to 50 units, you probably want someone that's got a good network of local banks and local credit unions as well as maybe some agency contacts. If you have a large 100-plus unit asset, you want to work with a mortgage broker who um, you know, maybe has some really great uh, life company relationships, insurance company relationships, um, and you know, who has great relationships with the agencies because they're going to be the ones to, to likely refinance that deal. So um, that's step one. And just apply. If you're going to be your own mortgage broker, right, you're going to be the one that goes out there and finds the banks or the lender or the credit unions or whoever to to actually quote these loans, um, then you want to just make sure you're going to directly to the banks that um, that work on these types of deals. So apply everything that I just mentioned for yourself. Now, the other piece of this is you want to find a lender um, or a mortgage broker who has a network of lenders that uses the types of appraisers that are most applicable to your deal. Now, this is a really kind of pro tip, nuance tip. And uh, I'm going to try my best to unpack it in a way that's easily explained. But, um, you know, obviously when you go to a bank or some kind of lender to refinance a deal, they're going to have an appraisal done to verify the value of that property. Now, some banks, some lenders have a uh, an appraiser network or, you know, an approved appraiser list, basically the people that uh, they are allowed to use as appraisers internally within their organization, within their company, within their, you know, bank or credit union that they're going to go out there and send uh, to do the appraisal. Now, you kind of have to be in the game for a while to know this or work with an experienced mortgage broker. But there are some lenders that have like bad networks 
uh, of appraisers. You know, maybe it's folks that are just, I don't know, they're lazy. They, they just haven't been in the game for that long. Um, or the other way where they've been in the market for an extremely long period of time and their idea of what the values are in the market are just constantly a couple years behind. They're not really great at staying in touch with, with what's actually going on in the market. Um, but oftentimes, some lenders just use bad appraisers on a regular basis and they fail to deliver the best results to their borrowers because the appraisers are the become the bottleneck, right? They just constantly undervalue things or they constantly bring errors back on their reports or what have you. So really, really dialed in and effective mortgage brokers know the lenders that have these types of folks in their network and they try to avoid working with those folks. So that's kind of like a little pro tip, right? Something that you should think about uh, when you're going out there. Now, obviously you can't like choose your appraiser, right? That's, that's just not how this process works, but you want to work with a lender who has a robust network of appraisers that are going to give you the highest chance of hitting the numbers that you need to hit in order to execute your refinance. So that's tip number one. Tip number two is make sure you over ask when you start this process with your lender. You know, submit a request, um, talk about how you need a rate that's lower than what you know you're going to get. Talk about how you need a loan amount that's higher than what you think you're going to get or than, you know, or, or higher than where you think the property is going to appraise and support. Ask for a longer amortization period. Ask for a longer fixed rate term. Ask for more, you know, months or years of interest only on the, on the payment side. Basically, you want to set the bar so high um, you want to anchor high just from a negotiation standpoint, right? And, um, and you want to lead with this because you don't want the bank to kind of set their price and then you're now pulling them up, right? And oftentimes you want to be within reason here. But the reality is that if you're a great borrower and you have a great deal, you want to ask for more and put the, put the bank in a position to try and win the deal, right? Talk about how you're speaking with multiple lenders about this. And if you have a good mortgage broker, they're going to do that on your behalf. They're going to say, hey, we're shopping this out to a lot of banks, a lot of lenders, um, you know, make sure you come back with competitive terms. This is where we need to be. Um, and the tip that I'm going to give uh, in a second here, the third tip is going to help you do this in an effective way in terms of how you present the deal. But you want to start high and then work your way down. Um, and specifically, out of all the terms that you can request, you want to start high with the loan balance, right? You want to say the property is worth more than you think it is. And this is assuming that you want more debt, right? If you don't want debt, if you want to really conservatively leverage, then maybe you don't go down this road. But let's say you're, you know, you really want to hit a good number here and a, and a good cash out figure. You want to ask for more and then have the appraisal pull you back down versus, all right, you asked for less, the appraisal came in really high. Oftentimes banks aren't going to want to come off their number because that's what they've done the underwriting on throughout this whole process. That's how they did their debt service coverage ratio underwriting. That's how they did their debt yield underwriting. That's how they underwrote you as the borrower, right? They underwrote you with this loan balance compared to your personal financial statement. They don't want to have to go back through credit and do this all again with a different loan balance. So it's much easier to start high and then settle somewhere you know, below that as you work through this process. Now, the third tip is you want to professionally present the deal both to the lender and to the appraiser. So Step one, when you're sending out your information to the lender, and again, a mortgage broker, uh, a good one is going to help you do this, but you want to create a deal packet that includes a story of the deal, you know, really talk about how you bought this at a great price and really paint a great story, paint a great picture around how you bought this deal. And you know, for example, we bought this direct to seller. It was severely mismanaged. The rents were incredibly low. We had to cure a lot of deferred maintenance. You know, oh man, we had to work so hard on this deal to get it to where it is now. And it's an entirely different place. 
tell a great story about all the value that you, that you've created outside of the numbers, which you're also going to share. But you also want to you know paint a great picture for the lender, and uh, and this is especially true if you've created a lot of value, right? Like let's say you bought a, a property at 2 million, you put 300 grand into it, you're into it for 2.3 and you think the current value is 3 million, 3.2. Like any lender is gonna have a hard time making that connection, especially if you haven't owned the property for that long. Let's say you've owned it for like a year, year and a half or something. So you have to really give a good supporting story around that. So that's step one in the deal packet. Step two is financials at closing when you bought it versus the financials now. And you want to, you know, ideally there's a significant difference between the two. Um, so you want to paint again the, the change in NOI and the value that you've created. You want to talk about the, the money that you've spent on CapEx and on renovations. Um, and you want to talk about, you know, any of the management efficiencies that you've implemented, right? Before all the tenants were paying via check or cash, you know, maintenance requests took forever to process. So the tenant experience was actually really poor. We onboarded them into our, you know, our appfolio or our, ma- our management software, and now everyone's paying online. Now we've, uh, we're, we're tending to maintenance issues significantly more quickly than the previous owner did. So paint this beautiful picture around all of the work you've done and all the value you've created. You should also include before and after pictures of your renovations. That's pretty key. And that's what you should give to the lender, right? In addition to all of the personal borrowing docs and, and, and all of the other best practices in terms of working with banks, which is responding quickly. Um, you know, having really organized documents, delivering documents quickly and just making the lender's life easy, right? That's what you should give and to the lender. And that's what you should prioritize when working with the lender. Now, in terms of what you should give the appraiser, you should give the appraiser the deal pack that I just mentioned with all that information you should give them all the before and after pictures. And you should also give them a list of comparable sales that support your case or support the value that you're trying to achieve. Now, it's really important here that you don't tell the appraiser how to do their job. Like that's very, it's a little nuanced difference. You don't want to say, Hey, use these comps. These are like direct comps for our property. Like, you know, I think that these are the ones that you should use. Like don't do that because appraisers hate being told how to do their job. And quite frankly, like they're working, (laughs) they're actively working to avoid being influenced by the borrower because they can't, they have to be an independent third party. So they're trying not to, right? Making a conscious effort to not be influenced by you. So you don't want to tell them how to do their job. You just want to help them do their job. So in, t- in terms of the phrasing, you can say, hey, you know, these are some of the comparable sales that we use when we underwrote the property or, um, you know, some of the comparable properties that we use when we underwrote the property in terms of the rents and, and here's are the rents we're achieving. Um, you know, I thought that these would be helpful comparable sales for you to reference if you wanted, you know, to look at these and, and while you're creating a report. So you want to frame it in a very low pressure way and in such a way that, um, that shows that you're just interested in helping them do their job, not that you're trying to influence them as they do their job. So um, those are really the three tips. And let me recap. You want to select the right lender. And specifically within that, you want to select the right lender in terms of who has done the types of deals that you are about to refinance and who has a great network of appraisers or at least has a better one than the bad ones, right? You just don't want to work with uh with a lender who has a bad network. And again, it's really that you have to be in the game for a while to know these lenders. You have, kind of have to walk the walk and, and like be in a market for a while, but it's something that you should be thinking about. Second tip is negotiate the best terms with your lender and just over ask upfront. And the third tip is give the appraiser and the lender, all of the supporting docs to help your case and make their life a lot easier. So I hope this was a valuable episode. I think these are some of the most valuable things you can do in your business. Cause when you think about the events within a real estate business that drive returns and significantly impact the financial component of a deal and of a company, 
buying, selling, refinancing are the three big uh, levers in a business. So you want to make sure you get all these things right. Now, uh, before we go, I want to remind everybody that uh, you can sign up as an investor for our business, for Aligned Real Estate Partners. So you, if you are an accredited investor that is looking to participate in our deals passively as an investor, you want to ride shotgun with what we got going on in our business, um, would highly recommend that you apply to be an Aligned Real Estate Partners investor. And you can do that at alignedrep.com slash invest. And um, it's a very simple form to fill out. It'll take you 30 seconds and we'd love to have you in our network. But as always, thank you guys for listening. Hope you found value in this episode and I'll catch you next time.